right, what's up? Welcome to Pages of Fandom, Episode 6. This is the Superman Theatrical Cut Review. I'm Willie Bush, Reploid Bill, and these are the co-hosts tonight. Go ahead, Scotty. Oh, Scott Action Jackson. Oh, I'm uh, Lowell GT or Greg Smith. All right. Well, as per usual, we always start this with a current issue. So if either of you guys have one, go ahead. Yeah, I've been reading. Uh, I went to Acme Comics and got a really exciting story arc for Superman that I hadn't had a chance to get because uh, I didn't collect comics for a long time there. It's back in 1999 run. Um, but uh, it was a, it's an important part because the story arc is like Superman becomes so fed up with the world. I guess that's an easy way to put it. There's a lot going on, but uh He's kind of like, well, hey, there's too much to fight against. So he drops his alter ego. He drops all his uh, previous like inhibitions for for how he does things. So then he just goes out and he's stopping like every single thing bad happening on the earth all at one time. So he doesn't ever stop going. And uh, eventually he just gets kind of corrupt with it where he's so hardcore about doing it that he makes satellites that are zooming into everybody's lives and things and then he's kind of like seeing patterns of accidents before they happen. So then he's crossing the line of being like a dictator. And then uh, eventually he's like, you know what? Everybody's against me. He even fights the justice league over this, by the way. Um, and that was interesting. And then he makes Superman robots and uh, the Superman robots. The reason is the reason why I wanted to read this story arc, because later in my favorite crisis, one, only one robot survives and beats the entire teen Titans team and kills one of them. And I was like, geez, these robots are ridiculously strong. When you go back and read these comics, yeah, you can see they're pretty broke. So, uh, yeah, but, but that's what I just kept on reading. I was really excited about it, though. Um, a lot of the issues were called, like, Superman, the Superman Rex and, uh, you know, uh, Superman King of the World, stuff like that. So it was pretty exciting. It's good. I never read that, but I'm positive I've heard about that before. Yeah. Because uh, when they fought the old robot, the they, Teen Titans later, like in, it happened at Infinite Crisis. It was one of the like uh, the one shots that came out with it or whatever. And Donna Troy died because she like gets reborn over and over again. But um, yeah, she died because she's the only one that could beat up the Superman robot a little bit. And, it, and, and they even kept mentioning, well, this is only a half functioning robot. And the last time these were around the world and they wreaked havoc and no one could stop them. And it was pretty bad. The Justice League was getting their ass kicked by them pretty good. And they, because they adapt to attacks. So anytime you use something that kills like three of them, then the next like 17 that come around uh, are immune to that attack. So it's pretty, uh, pretty broke, kind of like a doomsday kind of power. But yeah, that's what I got. Well, shit. <laughs> Bye. What about you, Scott? Anything? Well, besides from, uh, getting a major headache and, Working constantly at GameStop since Black Friday. Uh, I, I saw the, I guess, new tease, I guess, pre tease, uh, trailer tease for the Batman v Superman movie. A new one? Yeah, I was going to say another one. Yeah, th this tease looked like it was a Batman captured with the two other guys in this, what appears to be Superman because we all know the theories going around, but. Uh, Superman appears and pulls off the mask. Oh, okay. Nice. 
But it looks like it's in the little bunker area that you kind of seen the uh, teasers, trailers before. So, hmm. yeah, I'm starting to get real curious as to what's going on in this movie. I, I think this whole tagline, Batman v Superman, I have a feeling they fight for maybe 10 minutes and it's done. Yeah, it's got to. There's too much stuff in the movie. Because there's, there's, one, there's Wonder yeah. Woman in it, and they've already yeah. said that they hired that Ezra Miller kid. They claim he's not in the movie, but they've already given him a paycheck. So what the fuck are they paying him for? Right. I mean, they've got they've – got, I mean, I, I don't know. I just – I know it's going to be a 10-minute fight or whatever, and I uh, – It's you know. going to be a short fight. You know something else they're talking about? And this makes a lot of sense because this has been happening a lot. Lately, movies, because of the Internet and all the mass media, they've purposely been hiring people to pose as <laughs> like, OK, how do I put this? When they hired. When they did uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. They purposely gave false interviews so that they would make you think that he was not going to play everybody um, everybody knew that he was going to he was going to play uh Khan but there were interviews specific where the guy that played McCoy said word for word if there's one thing i know it's that he plays a great Gary Mitchell and everybody's going to be excited to see it and then all this stuff was like, he's playing fucking Gary Mitchell? Like, this is going to be the craziest <laughs> movie ever. Right. Well, take that take that to mind. And a lot of people are talking about this uh, Chris the Pine. This Chris oh, no, Pine. No, no. Chris Pine. The, the guy that's playing Kirk lately. Yeah. He was hired <laughs> on and supposedly... He's going to be playing the Marine that goes over and crash lands and gets saved and, you know, ends up here with Wonder Woman. Well, there's a lot of people talking that that's not what he's doing. A lot of people think that he was hired in secret and he's doing interviews to purposely lead away from what he's actually doing, that he might be Hal Jordan. And that, that they might they might be bringing in Green Lantern right off the bat. Well, okay, yeah, because I heard Green Lantern was in the movie. Actually, is what a rumor was I heard. So, you know, I mean if, that that could be cool. If that's true, I gotta say, I'm liking the idea of Chris playing Hal Jordan a lot more than uh, you know who. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I just... I feel like he's going to do fine playing Deadpool, but he was the wrong choice for Hal Jordan. I feel like he could have done Kyle Rayner, but I feel like Chris is going to handle a Hal Jordan role a lot better. And now if this turns out to just be a rumor, i got to admit I'll be a little disappointed, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, what is, you know, I mean, I guess I got my computer up. I can see what IMDb says, but a lot of people ask those kind of questions, too, because when you look at IMDb, uh, you can see who the bosses are and stuff, or, you know, bosses, who the, the final villains random are. Random names, random names and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but that's exactly yeah. what I'm trying to tell you is the last yeah. the last five or six AAA movies that have been coming out through Hollywood, they've purposely been hiring people and then claiming they're going to play one character, and they'll even do interviews claiming that they're that character until the movie releases and you figure out that's not who they were playing at all. So you right. wouldn't find that information on something like IMBD. It would list him as Steve Trevor. Well, they say that Aquaman's in it for sure. And I know we've seen pictures of him in his outfit, but he's definitely not shown in the movie yet. So I don't really know if that's real or fake either. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you could say the same thing about Luke. Yeah. Luke? He's talking about Star Wars. Oh well, they they know they finally put the trailer out that proves Luke is in the movie. Which trailer is that? There's a new trailer that was released where they show him at the end. Oh, oh. man, I'm I know my trailers, man. It was specifically yeah, yeah. because out, it was specifically because so many people have been bitching that they think he's not in the movie. So even though they were trying to make sure that Luke was not seen until the movie, because they say that whatever Luke's role is in this movie, it is the most pivotal secret part of the movie that makes the entire thing work. So they didn't even want to show you what he looked like until you went to see the movie. But then people were talking about boycotting and getting all pissed off and... (laughs) So they finally had no choice but to show Luke to be like, calm the fuck down. Look, he's in it. Right. As as for current issues, I have actually been reading a lot of uh, DC 52, all the Green Lantern stuff. Right. That's pretty good stuff. So far, it has been. It has been. I uh, I read all of the Green Lantern, the New Guardians, and then I read Green Lantern, which is kind of crazy because Hal Jordan is no longer a Green Lantern. He kind of exists outside of the system. Like, yeah. somehow Sinestro has become a Green Lantern again, and it disconnected him from his, from his uh, Yellow Lantern Corps, and then... Like this, like all without him, the Yellow Lanterns went nuts and they enslaved his home world and did all this crazy stuff. So he went there and he shut down his old battery. There was some sort of fail safe that if you enter a green power into the yellow battery, it shuts the battery down. Yeah. So he I'm had all, all that. He, good. He'd always planned that should something ever happen that it would be a green lantern that would shut him down in the long run anyway. Right. And then he created a, uh, kind of like a, a parasite ring. It kind of feeds off his energy and he gave that to Hal Jordan. So now Hal Jordan has a ring, but he's not actually a green lantern. He's feeding off of Sinestro's power. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Man. But I looked at a bunch of other stuff like that, and then I read... Uh, Man, it was just recent. I read this. I read this crazy, crazy thing with Kyle Rayner, where uh, he, uh, like, he was mastering every single. Like, you got to see every version of Kyle Rayner that there could yeah. have ever been. Yeah. And he mastered the entire spectrum, and like, the Guardians have lost their fucking minds. <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. Was he fighting the, the um... The first lantern, the guy that I don't want to. <laughs> maybe third, I gave too much away. The third army is what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty cool. I like that too. Yeah. You know, it's I. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I always kind of suspected that something was uh, was iffy about them, but to turn them into such vicious bad guys, like. Yeah, this is a, well. That's not the first time they've done. They've done crazy shit in the past to the point where the Earth guard, all the Earth, um, Green Lanterns like don't trust them at all because they they they've always done weird shit and then like the Lanterns always like in the end they have to forgive them kinda and then they're just like well we won't ever trust that dude again like, like Blackest Night was uh was one of the moments where they kind of got betrayed a little bit. But. Yeah, I've I've never never really been fully trusting of the whole guardian thing and now for sure i'm like they should just eradicate these people right (laughs) yeah like obviously they're not needed their presence that the need for the guardians was proved irrelevant when sinestro was able to create an entirely separate core when they said that it took them literally a millennia to just get the green rings working and in less than a lifetime Sinestro was like look it's yellow yeah he's pretty good so we are here to discuss the Superman 1977 I believe is that the right 78 it's 78 yep theatrical release Yes, the extremely long movie. Oh, yeah. And this is just the theatrical version. You guys really think it's a long movie? It's like two hours Uh, and 23 minutes. 143 minutes. Oh, I thought it was 223. Well, okay. I don't think that's that's very long. It, It feels like it once you get into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm all down for origin stories, but Superman is the one we've seen a few too many times. And I think that uh, every Superman movie that comes out seems to always want to retake us through his origins and stuff like that. So we got to watch 90 minutes of him growing up. And, well, uh, the, the Man of Steel one didn't take that long. It just was kind of scattered. Yeah, not, yeah, right. But it, it was probably 90 minutes altogether. Because the memory then they showed you, like, his dad, you know, uh, John dying, and you're like, oh, n- you know, oh, there's a tornado. He's like, don't use your power. Okay, now see, this is this is something I wanted to bring up, like right off the bat, though. Like I knew, I knew something like this was coming when I was talking to you guys, and you guys kind of sounded like, oh, this is a long movie. Yeah, that Man of Steel is not only longer; it feels longer, and it's fucking stupid. 
Like, yeah, come on. Well, it had a, it had a lot of stuff in Man of Steel too. I'm just saying that this movie just because I'd already seen it so much as a kid, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but because I'd already seen so much, I thought, man, like, here I gotta watch them send him to Earth again. I gotta watch, I gotta watch him grow up and lift a damn truck. I gotta watch. Like, okay. As a little kid, as yeah. a little kid. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you that. I'll give you that. But as you as you're older and you and you understand it more, I mean, it it makes more sense that he learned that lesson. Uh, the point of his dad dying is to teach him that life is fragile and no matter how much power you have, it's all going to come to an end at some point and you can't you can't fight it. Like he was he was he was supposed to figure out that all life is fragile. Because no matter how strong he was, he couldn't stop his dad from having a heart attack. It was going to happen. There was no way around it. But then in The Man of Steel, they throw that lesson completely away for some stupid fucking M. Night Shyamalan bullshit where they're like, oh, I didn't save my dad because he didn't think the world was ready for my fucking pectoral muscles. (laughs) Right. Like, fuck that. His dad got killed by a fucking tornado. Mm-hmm. I, there's something about that that, like, that right. it's so over-exaggerated and overdone that, believe it or not, going back to this first movie, I enjoyed this movie a thousand times more because of its simplicity in simply teaching lessons. Like, it yeah. felt it yeah. felt more real to me. Yeah, the the lessons part of it, felt felt more normal felt like it belonged with the superman original movie yet with the man of steel the only thing that felt good about that was probably all the fight scenes yeah yeah but then i actually i have my own problem with the fight scenes too because i said back when i first reviewed that movie that i think once the eye candy is done right it's done and there's not enough substance, like like actual worthwhile substance. I don't know, man. I'm I'm probably gonna get shit for doing this, but but the last time that I put in the Man of Steel, the last two times I've tried to rewatch it, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't make it through <laughs> the whole movie. It feels like it's dragging for three fucking hours. Like it's killing me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I think we both do. I mean, uh, well, we all do. I mean, I know I haven't watched Man of Steel in a long while. And when I do start it up again, I start up at the point where he reveals himself as Superman. It just, because. It... Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. But. uh, In terms of this, in terms of this movie. What what are some parts that really really stand out? I mean, let's let's be honest. Yes, I said we're doing a review, but almost everybody has seen this movie. So really, I'm just looking to talk about it while it's fresh in your mind. Like, for one, I really I really like Christopher. I think that I think that nobody else has ever looked the part more ever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, especially the costume. The costume looks exactly 
like the way the Superman costume is and should be, especially at that time. Yes. Yeah, I think I think he's one of my favorite ever. That's why I like the movie so much. Was the the actor that played him was good. So, I mean, it could you know because that that could totally change it. You know, he was great as Superman. Well, Kal-el and as Clark Kent, doing that whole nerdy holding back stuff. Right. Yes, and that's something that I feel like this new guy has got a hell of a challenge in front of him because. When I saw his Clark Kent at the end of Man of Steel, I laughed in the theater yeah. aloud. I was like, he didn't even change his fucking hair. Right, right. She, like, she looked him directly in the face when he came up and said, oh, I'm Clark Kent. And she already knew who he was. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that part of the of the new movie where it, where he know she already knows who he is, yeah. Yeah, she already knew. She knew yeah. instantly. She was like, "Ah, that's fucking Superman right there." Well, well she kind of knew about the Kent as well because okay, she looking for him. I'll, I'll give you that, but like Lois, Lois in the in the other movie, like, and Shane gives me shit for this all the time, but I believe that you could mistake. Christopher as Superman and not notice him as Clark Kent. I do believe that the two men, their posture's different, their hair is different, their face is a little bit different, their their gesturing is different, their voice is slightly different, and all of those things contribute to a point where if if you met both guys in a span of five days separated you probably wouldn't be able to pin, oh, you know, that guy right there, if he took his glasses off, I think he's Superman. I, I think he could also say that to some extent, well, most of the time with that uh, Lois and Clark series that they had as well. I don't have a lot of experience with that, honestly. I've seen like the first season only. Yeah, but the hair was kind of different with the Clark Kent compared to the Superman, so... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he he definitely. I couldn't tell that he was, you know. I mean, you could tell. Obviously, we. I mean, we're not we're not idiots, but <clears throat> movie movie wise, he looked pretty dorky in the glasses, and his hair was different. So when he was Superman, you know, I I don't know. He played a dork real well, and then he played like Mama's boy. Like remember in the first part, he's like, yeah, go ahead and send the check to, you know, send half my check to my mom, and she and Lois is like, what? Yeah. He's like, what kind of guy is this? Like, the hell? And she even said, she's like, are there anybody else where you're from and all that? So, you know, she definitely noticed uh, he had some stuff going on there. So, so then all of a sudden you see some badass dude fly around kicking everybody's butt. You're like, that can't be the guy. So let's let's discuss. We already believe uh, most of the side characters. I don't really care. Jimmy is Jimmy, whatever. <laughs> Jimmy. I mean, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, is he Perry White? Is that the uh, newspaper yeah. editor? Yeah, Perry yeah, White. Perry White. That young kid. Well, okay. <clears throat> what's actually cool is in the in that movie, they did make him a little kid, kind of. Like, he's not a little kid, but you could tell he's younger and he's an intern and all that stuff. And I think another... Supposed to be, yeah. 
In other ones, yeah, and that's his, uh, Superman's pal, and they even have comics called Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, but he, uh, yeah, I don't know, he, I don't know, he's, it just, it was a good representation of him. It was like a really good one. And he's, he usually has a lot of red hair, so if other movies don't have him with red hair, I kind of go like, what the hell, it's not, you know. Well, did you see the, uh, the Superman cameo in it? Superman cameo? Yeah. In what? What are you talking about? Oh, Greg, I thought for sure that you of all people would have known this. On the train, when Lois sees Superman oh, as a young man running, yes. that guy and woman, that is Lois and Clark from the radio show. Oh, okay. No, I don't know that kind of stuff. I wasn't around back then. No, so that's I, that's them. I, that's, that's the guy that I, played him. I thought the woman was the Lois from the... Uh, black and white TV series. Oh, I thought they were both from the radio show. Huh. Because from the black and white from the black and white TV series, you're thinking Chris Reeves. Yeah. Actually, that's Steve Reeves. Yeah. I listen to some of those old serial radio shows, and they're pretty cool if you're like, you know, I don't know. I mean, for nowadays, they're probably kind of cheesy, but... Uh, I don't know. They're good. They're nice to listen to. Like, I would listen to one before I go to bed, fall asleep to it or something. But it's not too bad. Well, getting, getting actually into this, though, what about his first appearance? Um, you know what? I actually didn't like it. <clears throat> and I wanted to remember this part so I could talk to you about why I didn't like it. <clears throat> and it's kind of like, a the scenes, you know, it's got Lois hanging from the helicopter or whatever. And she's like, Oh no. And I'm like, man, they built it up so long for him <laughs> to come out and change outfits and stuff. I was like, you know, come on. Like, like in today's ADD world, they would have had her dangling and him immediately fly in from like, you know, like a huge streak across the sky and he would just like swoop and she would be yelling still and just like appear on the ground and everybody be like, what are you yelling for? And she'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't even realize I'm on the ground. And like, you know what I mean? It'd be like some weird epic scene. And then, but here they were like, oh, helicopter crash. And, you know, she's dangling and he was like, oh, I better yeah. try to hurry here. But it seemed like it, even in movie time, he took like two whole minutes to save her and nobody would hang on to a seatbelt falling off a plane for two whole minutes. So she would be dead. So yeah, it was just me like a, it was drawn out some the whole helicopter hanging off the side of the building and stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, I, you know, it was epic though when he came out, but it's just like when I look at him, like, yeah, man, you know, like, yeah, what's going on here? Man, somebody, somebody kicked you guys right in the innocence. I'm telling you, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. I gotta be honest. I was, I was watching it and I was like, I was like, oh shit. And then he comes out and they make the joke about the phone booth, and I realize that it's drawn out, but. <laughs> But in a way, it 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 just somehow feels right in the context of the movie. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. I liked when she fell, and then when he catches her, and and this that 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 little Boy Scout fucking comment when he's like when he's like, "Don't worry, ma'am, I've got you." And then he starts flying up, and she's like, "Well, who who's got you?" You know, like like I I liked that. And I well, that, be was, that was funny though. That part was good when she's like, "Well, who's got you?" And, yeah, that, I, I was, that, 
and then when he's and it, it it okay the physics of it don't work when he catches the helicopter i'm gonna say that <laughs> but uh, of course but the physics of it also don't work when in superman returns he lifts that boat out of the water there was nothing he could have yeah. held on to on that boat at that point that would have supported the weight of the have like an entire boat filled with water. Oh, you mean like that right. plane that he caught? Well, no, because the plane does work with physics. That's the reason yeah. he ended up tearing the plane to pieces. Right, because they had him land too quick, so he because yeah, he, he grabs exactly. the wing the wing breaks the other wing breaks off he flies through that he realizes he can't actually just stop it so he flies down around the front and he slows its descent and then he breaks into the front of the plane and grabs anything he can possibly get and he still can't do much with it he still has to just let the plane fall all he can do is try to steady its descent that's all he could do because the truth of it is that physics were against him on saving a plane. He couldn't do it. Now, in the first movie, physics are with him because all he did was take the place of the engine. So in the first movie, when he saves the plane, it's a lot simpler of a task. The, the engine blows up. He flies he where it used engine. to be. And it, it, it works. It's it's fine. It, it does everything it needs to do. Where when we got to Superman Returns, it was more of a modern era, and they weren't going to give him such an easy task. He couldn't just grab the wing and fly with it. Like, everything was working against him. Yeah. I mean, you know, overall, it was, it was an okay scene. I just, you know... I just think it'd be done. It would definitely a lot different today. And when I was a younger kid, I didn't. I wasn't thinking this critical about the movie. I was floored by it, obviously, because I'm a huge Superman fan. So, even being a fan, though, I just I see the see what uh, I just saw the other day, and I was like, oh, I was like, you know, this was <laughs> this is rough today. And I was like, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked his fight with at the end, though. That fight was epic, even by today's standards. I think. I mean, and but then when he went back to the, uh, you know, when they go back to the Fortress of Solitude, that part's kind of like, I don't know, a little, to me, he won too easy kind of thing. So What are you talking about? Mm. I think you're when jumping the gun. Up. Yeah, I think you're yeah. in the second movie. Yeah, sorry, I'm going way too hardcore. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I watched a few of them in a row. I get a little addicted. Because the fight... <laughs> The fight at the end is he goes and chases down missiles. Yeah, this is the, no. I watched, well, uh, I think I watched all three of them. I didn't watch the fourth because I went stupid. But no, I just haven't had a chance yet. Oh, oh. Not a big fan of putting Richard Pryor in a movie and being all goofy and shit. Well, that's but. the third one. Damn it. See, I'm way. You're going all across the Sorry. Superman movie universe. I am. All right. Let's go back to his uh, first appearance here. I'll put the I'll put the the keyboard down real quick. All right. <clears throat> so this movie, you know what? Hey, before we talk about anything else, so Lex Luthor, you know, uh, that guy, I think he played a really good Lex Luthor, even though 
I don't know. I've always heard people say they didn't like his version. So what do you guys think about it? Gene, Gene Hackman was an interesting take on Lex Luthor, but I can see why some people would hate it. It's a little... Okay, we were in the, we're in the 70s, so you have to look at it in, in its context, too. Like, comic books were dealing with stuff like that. That's really how comic book characters were. And I'll bet you that if I could find some of the Lex Luthor comic book, like, appearances from the 70s, I'll bet you he does talk like that. He probably does declare himself as the as the greatest genius, and he probably does constantly right. say his own name and shit like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, the comic side, like I was just reading, um, he is like that. Like, in the in the comics, like, hardcore. He's, he's like, you know, he's like, with somebody like I don't know. Say they try to cross him or do something fancy, he'll he'll be like, "Well, I'm Lex Luthor. That's why I always I'll always get the end on him." Ha! And I'll you know like he's just like talking mad shit in his mind about himself. About so himself while speaking him. in the third person. Yeah. Right. And that's so, that yeah. is kind of part of it, and it's kind of it's it's goofy out loud, but for what it's worth. The movie has a little bit of a comic streak in it, too. Like, they knew they couldn't be... Like, serious comic book movies did not exist yet. So they had to find a way to make the story believable while using superhero context and somehow get people to suspend their disbelief. And I think that this take on Luther was a way to do that because when you go into the movie... The very first thing you're introduced to is the freaking Godfather. So right off the bat, you're like, oh, shit, this is a serious movie. And then immediately after that, you go to an old woman and a guy in a truck. And there's a goofiness about these two characters. Like right, you don't even, like right off the bat, like there's just a goofiness to it, to the whole scene that plays out. And that weird slightly goofy undertone follows for the rest of the movie to where it's not a comedy. It's like a weird, it's like a weird blend of like hokey seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. The seriousness is in there, but it does have a line between them. Right. And I think that was, I think that was intentional to make, so much of it lighthearted and and silly because while they were telling you all this serious shit you didn't look too hard into it because your mind was kind of kept on this on this ride where you were like oh i i get it this is kind of a hokey movie right yeah yeah they definitely always had a weird undertone i mean ever since he even when he did lift the the truck you know you saw the kents kind of go <laughs> okay and I, I don't know. And you saw how easily they just dealt with the alien boy landing right. on there. <laughs> They're like, he's like, what do you want to do with the Marla? She's like, well, why don't, can we just keep him? <laughs> he's like, what? And he's like, and that, did you see how we found him? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, what? Cause yeah, what would you do? You just start walking around. Yeah. He's got, we just have a kid now. We just <laughs> have like, one. Well, I'll just say it's my, my, you know, sister Sherry or, you know, whatever she says. I, like, oh, yeah. I remember the quote from uh, Smallville saying that the kid found them. And that's kind of true here as well. So Now, I'll be honest. When Smallville took that time, it made more sense. 
because you figure out in Smallville that they helped save Lex Luthor's life. And because of that, they asked Lionel for a favor. They said, look, during all the commotion, this kid found his way to us. We think his parents are dead. We want to adopt him, but truth be told, we don't think he's from here. What do we do? Right. And he was like, he was like, oh, he's like, well, I tell you what, don't even worry about it. He was like, you, uh, you adopted him from one of my, uh, one of my homes. And that was it. So they basically worked this corrupt ass deal with a millionaire who was able to pull strings and obtain fake documents. And Clark was their son in this one. They're just like, fuck it. We'll keep him. Yeah. Right. Like how do you even go about like getting him a social security number? And then like, Clark doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. Right. And that, that's going to make people always look at you and be like, Oh, Hey, who are you? Oh, don't worry about it. Like, nah, that's not, that's not a good answer, bud. I guess, I guess because of the time that they were living in, technically speaking, he could have, he could have like, well, okay. He does need one, but because of the time they lived in, everything was in paper. So I right, guess so how's Harry going to check his area? If you took him to a government office even one time, he's, uh, his little, his little see-through crap eyes could have found a number to use, I guess. I don't know. Right. Oh, they would have had something goofy happen for sure. But, but, but yeah. somehow they just got to keep that boy. Yep. That's how it works, though. Now, after his first appearance, he uh, he stops at what like with that dude that was stealing jewels or whatever, like. Oh, that guy, the guy that was climbing the side of the building. I'm going to tell you something. Why was he climbing up if he already had the jewels? Why didn't he leave? Like, what the fuck was he doing? I, I guess just, just to show that Superman could stand on the side of a building. Well, I, right. I, I, I get that. I get that. But what's weird about it is that that dude was climbing up the building as if he was going to steal more jewels. But if he already had the jewels, why wasn't he climbing down the building? Why are you like, having so much logic right now? Oh, oh, and you and you, you're going to tear apart the fucking the fucking first scene where he's going to the phone booth and taking two minutes and she holds onto a belt and I can't talk about this dude's jewels. Well, he could be going, he could be going to another section of the building. So that's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. He's (laughs) I'm sure he was going to get more jewels or he had a helicopter up there and maybe it was the same helicopter that Lois left up there after the accident. How about that? No, it was definitely a different building. Oh, goodness. That covers um, trash. So, I also get a I also get a kick out of the fact that Superman scares him. Now he falls straight down, and remember he was climbing straight up. When he falls straight down, Superman beats him down and catches him. And when he does this, this dude inside that's working on this paper turns around and looks, and then he's like, "Nah." And I, yeah. <laughs> something about that kind of caught me too. I was like, you know that 
literally about 20 minutes ago, this dude would have had to have slowly walked up the window, that exact window, and somehow you didn't notice him. Well, unless he wasn't in that room at the time. I guess, but it seemed to have taken him like at least an entire two minutes to climb up one window per. Right. Because it was a slow process. Like, it was a really slow climbing process. Well. Then he he goes off and he gets hit in the head by that dude uh, when he's he's capturing those guys on the boat. And he just drops. Bad vibrations? Yeah, he just drops the boat off at the uh, at the police station and flies away. <laughs> and then the officers decide to go get a drink. <laughs> then we've got Lex Luthor in his underground fucking what is that like? Like Some it's a subway underground area. It's like a palatial mansion underground. Yeah, and I like how goofy it was that the the actress even said she was like, "Can we live somewhere?" I don't remember what it was exactly, but oh, just he says, uh, "He says how many way he says how many ladies do you know that can claim they have?" Uh, he says like a Parkway address or some shit like that. Right. Like, like, he, like he says something underground. like, "Yeah." He says, "How many how many women could you claim?" that have a Parkway address for this price at this size. And she's like, what, 400 feet below? But Mm -hmm. to be fair, he did have like a gigantic swimming pool. He had like this ridiculous library, a study, four or five rooms we never get to see, a world map that covered an entire area that seemed to be only there for one purpose to be a world map. Like there was nothing else in that room. And then he has, then he has like a home theater, uh, TVs and projectors all over the place. Like what exactly did he want? He seems like he's already made it. He already beat the system. He's He's got all this good shit. And he doesn't seem to be aching for any money. Just his his crime idea confuses me. He's like, I've been buying up all this desert, and I'm gonna I'm gonna knock California into the ocean and make a new California, and it's gonna make me all this money. And I'm like, right to do what exactly? <laughs> You're like, yeah, because. <laughs> Evidently, he's already rich because there's already a Lex Industries that he speaks of that's been buying up desert land. And, right, he's already yeah, and, he's already and, got tons of money. Right, and I don't care how how worthless quote unquote the desert land is, it's still land, and America doesn't sell its land for cheap, even if it is fucking acres and acres of desert. So if he literally bought enough desert that it could be considered the next fucking California. Because he shows the map. He has, like, he has the entire fucking, what is that? Like, the entire, is that the eastern coast or some shit? (laughs) I don't remember. uh, I think it's more like the western part uh, past the, 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 the fault line. No, I know that. 
but he has like he has all of it all the way like if you were to if you could run your hand cuz his little map that he showed what he was going to do it's from the top of America all the way to the bottom of America he owns after he knocks California into the ocean he would literally own the entire coast of America mm. you're going to tell me he bought that desert for nothing <laughs> That's a lot of desert. That's a lot of desert. So this dude is already rich as shit. What exactly what is he gunning for? I'm not really sure. Uh, He just wants to to be a villain. (laughs) I mean, I know. I know that's that's the thing. Like more money, more money. But he literally has so much money that he's just blowing it on nothing. Right. He's like, I'm so fucking rich that I want to buy everything west of the fault line from the top of America to the bottom of America, at least, and I I want it to be at least a state-wide of desert. He's got ambitions. And his his fucking investors were like, are you serious? Like, if he was part of a board of fucking directors or or like 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 a committee, if he was a a corporation and he had to actually somehow convince all these other people to go ahead and go with his idea. Cause you know, he, he's not, if it's just his company and his alone that he could spend the money however he wants. But if it's a corporation, then he has a board of directors and they have to agree that they have so much money that buying all of this worthless desert land, it's not going to hurt them. Go ahead, Lex. Buy it. Right. He's like, what ends? And yet somehow this dude was still all about being like, I fucking, I need to pull off the crime of the century and make money. <laughs> yeah. Well, for that time, it might have made sense for that time period, but now it doesn't. I don't think it makes sense even in the 70s. It was still him spending, like, I'm telling you, if you if you try to buy a spot of desert right now and make it the size of your house, it's still going to cost you, like something like $6,000 of property taxes per year after you buy the land, even if it's unused land. Whoa. Right. Land ain't cheap. Land you pay by the fucking acre, and you pay a lot of fucking money. So this dude bought up hundreds of thousands of miles of desert, and then he was like, I'm going to be rich because I'm going to knock California <laughs> into the ocean. I'm like, bitch, you're already rich. What is it you're going for here? I don't I don't understand the motive. And he's some sort of genius because he somehow he somehow knew how to reprogram a nuclear missile, which I'm pretty sure they don't work that way, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, what's weird about movies like that, though? So that's an old movie, really old, where they're like, they're talking about something that happens in the future. So I just think that sometimes movies 
either by luck or whatever that they're just they know what's going on in air or they just see the signs and they're like well duh california is going to fall off one day it's on a huge fault line or whatever but uh you know they, they do say california is going to fall off sometime like it's like one you know one bad earthquake away it or whatever is. so you're like wow how did they know that in that movie like or did they just kind of like assume it and then say ah we'll just live in a world where that does happen where that is a thing or whatever so i don't know just kind of odd, but now I'm also a little curious. How did he know that sending out a a sonic signal was like? How did he know Superman could hear that? And two, how did he know that kryptonite was poisonous to Superman? Well, they well also a- also how did he know that the that the meteorite was actually from Krypton? Right. I don't know. Oh. Oh, because remember, he went over to his bookshelf and he took a book and he said, this is where Krypton was. What? Uh, uh, is he sure about that? Yeah, like, how do you know that? I think you guys are, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't, I don't know. The movie kind of, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it, it doesn't, it didn't age very well for well, what we see today. That's why you know. I think, that's why I think that the director was brilliant in in the idea that he purposely he could have made a completely serious hero movie or he could have made right. a seriously campy movie but he didn't he chose this real perfect hokey line where the whole thing kind of plays like a comedy but a serious comedy and it's it's kind of it's kind of ingenious if you want the truth of it because it guaranteed that the movie would stay kind of ageless because when we watch it, we see the ridiculousness of the situation and we laugh and we enjoy the movie. While at the same time, when Gwen sat out here and watched the movie with me, she was watching a serious Superman movie and both of us had a great time watching it. We were both seeing two very different movies, right. but we were watching the same movie, and that's a hard line to walk. I got to really give it here to Richard Donner because he blew me away with what he created that I believe is a very timeless piece of film, where other movies, if they try to be too serious, and then later on you figure out that they're not – like all the things that they told you were bullshit and then it doesn't work anymore. Or if you go the comedy route and you're too funny, but you're funny for the time. And then as the joke dies off, it's not a funny movie anymore. Right. So I think this, he somehow managed to pick just the right attitude and it proceeded through both movies because the originally Richard Donner Helped help design the flow for the first two films. In fact, he directed the first two films, but was fired almost at the tail end of his cut. And then they hired the Lester dude to come in and reshoot the movie because uh, Donner was taking too long is what was going on. Donner had Donner was filming part one and two at the same time. And then they got mad because he was taking too long to do it. So they came in and they were like, hey, either finish it now or we're getting somebody else. 
And Donner was like, you can't rush me if you want this done right. So they fired him, cut the movie so that they could use the first half of it as movie one, released it, and then hired Lester to come in and take what was already done, which Lester said that he didn't like Donner's cut at all, so he basically threw Donner's entire movie away and refilmed the entire second movie. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, you know, then again, we would be dipping in the second movie if, if we go this far, but you could definitely tell that some of the stuff in the second movie didn't quite make sense compared to the first one. Right, but if you ever get a chance to watch the Donner cut, see, there's a Lester cut, which is the second movie, and then there's a Donner cut, which literally picks up... Is, is the real sequel. Well, no, it's it's not a sequel. It's the same movie. The first Superman movie actually ends with them fighting Zod. Right. See, remember when he pushed the missile up and he let yeah. it blow up in space? In the Donner movie, at that exact moment when he pushes the missile up, the Phantom Zone mirror is passing over Earth. And those oh. three people are watching it. And the missile actually hits the mirror. And the nuclear effect actually cracks the mirror, and then they punch out of it. And they fly down to Earth, so they're landing on Earth at the same time that he's pushing the uh, fault line back up in the Donner cut. Hmm. But in the Lester cut, it seems to be happening almost a year after those events. And it, it happens because of a hydrogen bomb on an elevator that Superman pushes in outer space. So <laughs> believe it or not, if you watch the Donner cut and the Lester cut back to back, 90% of the scenes are different. And that's not a joke. Like 90% of them are different. They are two completely different movies and including the fight scenes with Zod are different. Hmm. Like, the fight in the city is longer and a little more complex in the Donner cut as compared to the Lester cut. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, like, uh, even, even that stupid time travel thing that he does at the end of the first movie, that is, yeah. you, you're still feeling the effects of it because that's only the middle of the movie for the Donner cut. And at the end of the Donner cut, it gets really weird because he doesn't he doesn't do the kiss of magic to Lois. He actually realizes that he screwed up and he uses the time thing one more time to go all the way back to where the first movie ended and stop Zod from ever escaping. Hmm. So the second movie never takes place at all by the end of the Donner cut which is why Lois in the third movie doesn't know who he is. Instead of the Superman kisses you and you forget power. Right, weird-ass power. <laughs> the... Which yeah. that, that was a Lester power. Lester added that because he didn't know how to end the second movie. Hmm. I actually think that would be neat. Originally, I was going to say that we should watch and talk about the... Uh, the extended first movie 
And if you guys want to do that, I'm okay with it. But I think it would be interesting to watch uh, the Superman 2 Lester cut and Donner cut and discuss right. how how like how amazingly different these two movies really are because they're they're very very different like that's not an exaggeration i'm telling you anywhere from 80 to 90% of the movie is different yeah i i know for most of us we grew up with the lester lester version of superman 2 and it's just i think back when this uh dvd blu-ray stuff first came out of the set is when we first got a, a full look at the Richard Donner edition. Yes, yes, it yep. was. Yep. And I know I have that edition. I was checking for it or whatever. So, you know, I'm ready to watch it. If you guys want, I think part two is a better movie, regardless of which version it is. I Part one is okay. It's an origin story. But like I've already said, it's kind of, uh, I've seen it a million times or whatever. So, you know, it sounds I more exciting that. to look at like the Donner cut or whatever. And you know, you know it, it's funny. It's funny when I think about it because I think it's just certain origins that cause this problem. Like, like nobody wants to see a Spider-Man origin again, and we're all right. we're done with the fucking Batman origin. Okay, we know. Oh my god, yes. We, we know. We fucking get it. But um, you know, in this new cool. movie, they show it again, right? But then. You take a Captain America movie, and the whole first movie, he doesn't even fucking do anything but the origin. Right. Like, he's not even Captain America until they break him out of ice at the end of, at, you know, at the start of the next fucking movie. So, yeah, he, he you could say he was Captain America because he was in World War II, but the Captain America that our generation knows, the comic book character... That right. that origin story is literally like three pages at the beginning of his first comic. That's it. That's all it is. It's like it, it's that it's that fucking long. That's it. And then mm. somehow they managed to tell a two and a half hour movie off of that, off of three fucking pages. Right. And that movie, we were like, oh shit, this movie is great. It's just weird to no. me how I think origin stories work, but I think they work if we don't know them. Because, like, when you watch Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters oh, 1, that is sorry. an origin. No, I heard it. That is an origin <laughs> story. The entire first Ghostbusters movie is the four guys getting together, starting the business, going out and fighting their first right. real monster, and then the second movie is the hero story where they go and do something with what they created. But people don't really care too much for the second movie. I myself love it, right. but I've heard a lot of people that tell me that they don't like the second movie. They only really? like the first. Oh yeah. Man, I like the second movie a lot. Actually. I thought, oh. I thought it was the best idea they could have ever come up with for a second villain. Cause we already know they can stop a God. So then like, mm -hmm. well, I guess a normal God, but then when you see like a, River of Slime, it had, I don't know, we can get hardcore into it, but there's a whole other level of, like, oh shit, going on, I guess, when they're like, oh, we're, we're not doing so bad, then they're like, oh my god, there's an entire River of Slime the entire time, like, it's just been down here. Right. Like, yeah, right, like, you guys been getting messed up, you even know it. I, I liked it, I liked the second one, and, 
it's just it's interesting to me how some movies they only work with the origin tale and then some movies they they either they either hit it out of the ballpark with the second or that's the end of their that's the end of their franchise like sometimes the second movie is a terrible idea because once the origin is done who cares right yeah really. that, that that happens with a lot of movies i mean even with the turtles oh yeah 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 the uh once the shredder is gone the in the comic books it works cuz the shredder was killed in the first book but in the movies for some reason once you remove shredder from the from the equation the movies seem to lose a lot of credibility like very fast right cuz there's no i don't know you can you know they uh I think what was Turtles three? They just fought the Dino guy, right? Yeah, and then they. It was just yeah. some. It was just some dude with a bird in a cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that dude. I remember uh, his slowly bad CGIing out of existence. <laughs> when he <laughs> fell into the water and didn't even yeah. splash. Yeah. Well, that's his prerogative, though. He can do what he wants. Uh, but, yeah, but to get, I guess. But to get back to Superman. Right, <laughs> Bill, Bill. You brought up uh, some things that you thought was the uh, best things of Superman, the movie. Yeah. And for me, for me, I kind of have three things because I can't pinpoint one. <laughs> um, no doubt, Chris Reeve as Clark Kent, Kal El, Superman, Agreed. did an excellent job. Yeah. Even for being like a a new guy and. A fresh face on the Hollywood scene. Out of every person that's ever played him, I feel like he was pulled off the page. Nobody else has ever come that close, I don't think. The yeah, second yeah, part, there's something about him. Yeah. The second thing is, uh, like we brought up before, is the morals. I know uh, when there was like the last talk between Jonathan Kent and Clark Kent, it kind of felt like the whole uh, Uncle Ben, Peter Parker talk. Yeah. And, and, and there's something genuine about the exchange. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Jonathan Kent said in the movie, it's like, you are here for a reason. They just don't yeah. know what it is right now. The and reason is to let your dad die when a tornado goes across <laughs> because the world isn't ready for you. That's the fucking reason. Oh, and, and to die because for some reason you can't breathe Kryptonian air. I don't know. Something like that. that. Is, I forgot about that shit. Is, is that what we're going to do here? Just bomb on Man of Steel? I'm sorry, but I think Man of Steel, for for when I saw that shit in the theater, I was excited until I left. And then I had to do a review. And the more I reviewed it, the more I was like, holy shit, I think I hate this movie. <laughs> what was your third? My third thing which I think a lot of us can agree with is the score and especially the theme. Oh, at the, you mean like the opening fucking credits? Yeah, the Superman theme oh, the, shit. at the beginning and at the end as well, but overall the score, the music for this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, unforgettable. Yeah, I mean they even tried to carry it hey, over into, hey, do you, uh, into the Superman do, return. Do, do you do you remember the score in uh, Man of Steel by any chance? I mean 
Anybody? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, uh, oh, you mean besides the bah. Oh, yeah? Weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember any of it because it fucking yeah. sucked. Man, yeah, they're haters. You just wait till we get to that movie because I'm going to bomb all over that motherfucker. Dude, Man of Steel had a lot of bad things about it. Like, I mean, the worst for me, though, was what you already mentioned was the he goes into the spaceship and suddenly has no powers. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, what does it even mean? The worst. And then, so then why did they let them come to Earth and they still had powers? So then it makes you think that on Krypton they could all do powerful stuff. No, because we saw no, because we saw them on Krypton and they all did normal stuff. Right. And then then, it also makes even less sense because they specifically said that nobody has been born of natural birth on Krypton in hundreds of years, thousands of years, and that every person born is born for one specific purpose. They're born to be a scientist. They're born to be a soldier. They're born to be a laborer. They have very Mm -hmm. specific body types and abilities that are given to them as a predisposition for their birth. But somehow this man that was given that was given the pre predisposition of genetic structure to be a scientist kicked more ass than the fucking guy who was born to be a fucking warrior. <laughs> I kind of question that too. Yeah. He beat Zod's ass. Dude, he did. He, he outright beat his ass. That I mean, makes, was, that makes right. no fucking sense. None. So, right off the bat, in the first fucking 20 minutes of your movie, I already don't believe in the entire science of your entire fucking universe. <laughs> the rest of your movie is going to have to really fucking impress me. And mm-hmm. I'm tired of all this, I'm tired of all this shit... Watch that fucking Man of Steel again and see how many times they try to explain to you that Superman is Jesus. Really? Superman comes from another world. Fucking because he's he's fucking Jesus. And then Superman fucking dies for us because he's Jesus. And uh, Superman in the water with his arms crossed. Purposely, they tied strings. They tied ropes to him and had him lay in the water as a cross because he's Jesus. And when he broke out the fucking spaceship and he fell out of the spaceship, what's the first thing he did? He put his legs out straight. And then he flew out and let his arms fly out so he could fall out of the ship as a cross descending onto the planet because he's Jesus. Uh, I'm so fucking tired of it. This is why I enjoyed the first movie. Yes. Dude, I do not care for Man of Steel at all. I bought it when it came out because I'd seen it in the theaters and it was a Superman movie. I bought it, and I've tried to sit down to rewatch it at least four different times now, and I have not made it through the film once. Not one time. I either start it, get a half an hour in, get tired of it, have to turn it off, or I go find something else to do, or I edit while it's playing, and then I look up and I'm like, oh shit, the movie's over? 
I mean, uh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I, we can go on forever about Man of Steel, but oh, fuck um, yes. Going back to, uh, yeah, I don't know. The best things about the movie, you pretty much named it. I mean, I liked, I liked the Lois Lane in there. I know, like that the she first. was, I like that she was, uh, she wasn't, um, how do I put this? She wasn't the bodacious actress. She looked right. like an everyday woman. Like she looked believable. She looked a lot like my mom, actually. That was kind of weird. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I I think she, yeah, because she definitely wasn't like the hottest chick in the world or whatever. You know, so they were like, oh, this is like, like a normal animated, not like the animated series. Right, yeah. like the animated. I'm like, geez, what the fuck, Lois? I like that she was a regular woman. That he uh, that he saw something in her, not just the fact that she was a pretty woman. There was something about her that he liked. It made that it made the relationship factor seem a little more believable because right. he didn't like walk in and see like because normally in a show like that, he would have walked in and OK, let's take Smallville, for instance. Look at all the people that work at the Daily Planet. Then look at Lois. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> There's a reason she stands out. Yep. That's well, kind of how it is. If, if you want to dip into Smallville, Chloe Sullivan stood out more. I don't know. After they put Lois in there, Lois you is mean, the one. Lois got to run around and do swimsuit shots, and uh, yeah, tough, she yeah. got to do she got to do weird uh, things where she had to pose as a stripper in a strip club. She was constantly showing off her assets. And Chloe was like running around in business suits with a fat ass. <laughs> like they purposely, they purposely dialed down everybody else to make Lois look that much better so that you would be psychologically drawn to be like, oh, I see why he likes her. When it had nothing to do with him liking her, she was the prettiest thing on the show on purpose. Right. But this time, she wasn't. Like, she just yeah. looked like a normal woman. Yeah, this time it was just, like, circumstance. Like, well, we just happened to work together. And, right. uh, you know, like, we just had some and, connection. And she has a little this. interest. Yeah, she has a little bit of interest in the Clark Kent side. Yeah, yeah. I think that interest dies pretty quick when he faints in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good though. She was one of my the craziest parts I think of that movie. Um, for how good it was to be a normal like she was just like I said to me she wasn't very attractive at all. But I think I think by the second movie I was more attracted to her because I had seen her so much or whatever. But um, I think it's part of I think it's part of the uh, you begin <clears throat> to like you begin to like her person. And that actually makes her look better, kind of like how a really good-looking girl with a super shitty attitude can start looking unappealing. Right. The more time you spend with her and see how shitty she is. <clears throat> this thing here. I don't know. What were some of your favorite parts, Bill? I don't think there's anything else I can add except for I'm – I'm not 100% sure why 
Lex Luthor would still be with Otis. <laughs> Otis. And I have to say this, though. Otisburg. And uh, didn't that actually carry over into, I think, the cartoon movies and the comics? It's funny because I believe that just recently I was watching something and they mentioned they, they mentioned in the com- it was a comic book they had to go to Otisburg for something and I remember I laughed for like 20 minutes I had to put the book down because I Otisburg. remember the movie yeah because I, I remember Otisburg. Lex Otisburg <laughs> and he's like it's, it's just a tiny spot it's just it's just a tiny <laughs> Otisburg and yeah you're like uh, and, but that that actually does exist in the DC universe now there is an Otisburg yeah from what from what I've read a lot of the stuff from the original movie does carry over into the comics nowadays yeah I, I got a kick out of that I don't think there's much else to talk about until we get into the second movie um I think we should decide right now, should we start on the Lester cut and see what we grew up with and then then go to right. the go to the Donner from there? Or should well, we just well, watch both of them and talk about them at the same time? Should we bring up the extended parts though? I haven't um, the first one. I didn't watch them yet. Okay. Yeah. I think I know what they are, but I, I didn't I didn't actually watch it. I wasn't sure what version I had seen, so I don't know. I mean, like, so let me just do some checking with you because I don't remember the stuff when I was a kid. But how long was the scene of Krypton to you? Like when they Uh, – You see them actually get captured in the extended, if I remember right. And there's like some other soldier dude in the Kryptonian – thing too as well yeah i think they don't they kill him or some shit i don't know i want to say they walk up and non snaps his neck and they they try to steal this crystal which i'm they just try gonna to shatter it too <laughs> i'm just gonna guess that that's that's whatever that dumb shit is in man of steel and um there's uh, most of the extended shit that i remember is when he goes after Luther. Yeah, it was the whole uh, going to Luther's place. There was like a, a gun turret. There was like a small underground bridge thing. A flamethrower. They tried to they tried to deep freeze him. Yeah. And you got to see an array of his powers because the bullets bounce off of him. He walks through the fire. They freeze him, and then he breaks out of the ice all Superman style. Right. Yeah, I think otherwise it was just extended stuff. I mean, yeah, like extra little tidbits oh, of conversation and shit. There was a Miss Tessmacher being uh, hanged after letting Superman go and getting rescued. Okay. I think that was in there too. Getting hanged? Well, ha- hanged over a pit or something, but. Oh, because I was going to say, she's in the second movie. <laughs> you're like, you're like, holy shit, there's a whole hanging scene? <laughs> they just get straight up murder someone. <laughs> I was like, damn, Luther. 
could have. He just kicked a chair out from under her. It's like okay. Well, I was going to be like, he's going to kill her, but he's fucking going to keep Otis around for the whole second yeah. film. Yeah. Fucking Otis Berg and shit. It's funny anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why I'm cracking up. I must be really tired. I've been up for a long time. But... Oh, my gosh. But, mm. but as far as the second movie, I I would definitely say that we could probably start with the one that we grew up grew up with. So well, okay. Do you so do you want to watch the Lester and then come back, or do you want to watch both of them and just talk about both of them? Oh, let's... like like should we do one at a time or should we lump them into one episode and just talk about the differences we spotted? Well, I would almost say. Do do both because the fact that like we didn't have a lot for this movie i mean honestly uh, building up to the first appearance which i know i kind (laughs) of slammed on a little bit but building up to that after that point in the movie i wasn't really that interested in it so even though i i hate watching the origin over and over again i still it was okay i just i just like how they did the cg for him running across you know running uh faster than the train because it hits like they had him on the suspended wires, you know, and he's just running like over the ground. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, why don't they just have him fly or something? Like, why did why did they have anyway though? But um, they did some dirt trail effects that I thought were cool for back then. They did a lot of, a lot of cool the stuff. coolest thing, the coolest special effect of his powers in the pre story is when he kicks the football. <laughs> because why didn't they, the football? Why didn't the football open up the Phantom Zone then? Because what they actually yeah. did with the football is that there's an air cannon under his foot. And what they actually did was they put the football in and they they shot it out of this air cannon. And then it just so happens that they cropped the scene of him actually dropping it and kicking it to just throwing his foot up and letting the cannon go off. And then they cropped the two scenes so perfectly that it did look like he kicked the football. Nice. But that's actually an air cannon, and that was a really interesting effect. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I mean, just pretty cool. Go ahead, sorry. I, I would definitely say we probably should try two separate ones, considering that you said about like 80 to 90% of the Richard Donner edition is different. Yeah, they're outrageously different. Hmm. I'm telling you, lines are changed. Scenes are different. Even some of the characters are different. Camera mm-hmm. angles are different. Like uh, the fight scenes are different. But oh, so there's no no uh, wrinkly plastic S. In one of the versions, yes, there is. Like in the one that we grew up with, with a Superman tossing that wrinkly S on the... And I was I was always kind of confused as to what that was and where he got that power from. Throwing, yeah, right. Throwing the S. That's how he rolls, I guess. So we'll have to think about this. We're either going to come back and just review the Lester version or we're going to come back and talk about how we've watched both of them and this is what we think. And I almost wonder if we should do both as one episode say what we thought, discuss the differences, and then pick a favorite version. Like if we were going to tell somebody to watch the second movie, what one they should do. Ooh, that might be tricky. 
Might be what? It, it might be tricky, considering that we grew up with the 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 Lester version. I'm kind of into that, though. I'm kind of interested to see if if uh like which which guy had the better direction. Like, did they make a mistake by cutting Donner out? I'm curious. I think we should watch both of them and then come in here and uh, fight with Scott about it. That's true. Well, I think truly yeah. I'll be fighting with you since you don't even like the the build up to <laughs> Superman. I just hate, you know, not not after like the ninety time. Was, I'm the referee, so I'll just referee you guys bad one. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Okay. Now. But yeah, yeah, I think I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. So I think yeah. now that's that that might not be episode seven. We'll give ourselves some time yeah. to to actually talk about it and everything, watch the show and whatnot, but but yeah, I think that's the next thing we should do. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm looking it up right now to see uh, the best way for me to watch them. <laughs> Mm, cause I really don't want to bust out my DVD player. I just got my TV fixed today, so I'm just I'm gonna replugging everything again. And hey, guys, did you like that podcast? If so, head on over to FandomNight.com where you can check out all of our videos, our other members' videos, and subscribe to the RSS feed to get constant podcasts every other day. Later on. <laughs>